unwinding loons, caulk like coffee, and the 100 word story. It's all part of Kwame and Company. And here we go with podcast 18 from Kwame and Company. 18. Yeah, some people didn't think we'd get past 10, but here we are. 18. <laughs> some people, huh? Some people. Well, me, I didn't think we'd get past 10. <laughs> So how do people, uh, uh, you know, everybody gets finds a co- podcast their own way, whether you've got a podcast uh, app. Right. This goes just, to a whole bunch of places. Yeah. So, I mean, the ways we recommend would be on the Word app. Sure. Right There's a whole there. bunch of podcasts there, but ours yeah. is one of them. Yeah. Or you can go to the Word website if you didn't know about that. That is really cool because every program on the Word is available on demand without leaving our website. It's just all listed right there on the front page. Right. Including Kwame and Company. Well, Kwame and Company, the the morning show, it, it would be hard to have on demand. So we've got we the podcast. Music. Yeah, we, yeah. Yeah, we can't play music on the podcast right. except for that little deal you just heard there. Because yeah, that's... Public or yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, thank you for listening. We're glad you're here. Uh, school is back in session for some folks, for most folks, unless you're, you know, my age, and then you know, you and if it's not, it's about it. one week away, right? Real close, <laughs> right? Uh, my friend Jerry uh, teaches uh, at the college level, both at NYU and then something out uh, out west as well, but. Jerry was talking about journaling recently, and I thought this was interesting because with all the high-tech ways of getting your thoughts out there, mm-hmm. still not blogging, the Blogging, si- vlogging. Yeah. That's usually propaganda. That's not really uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> insightful. <laughs> right, uh, yes. Because you, know, you don't know, like, a, well, the, the lady you interviewed recently, uh, what's her name, Lori... Um, uh, Wildenberg, Wildenberg, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. for our book of the month. She, I, I remember her saying, you don't know what was happening just before that picture or just after that picture. Right. So yeah, you, social media is deceiving. Yeah. Yeah. You may think everybody's having this wonderful life except oh, me. Oh, all perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not so, Charlie Brown. Uh, so anyway, uh, Jerry recommends journaling, and, and he wrote this at the end of the last school year. He said... Uh, as this school year ends, let me mention that one of the most popular aspects of our new NYU Stress in the Music Business class is journaling. Without exception, students look to reduce anxiety, avoid depression, and insulate themselves from unnecessary stress, and they've joyfully embraced this technique. They say it helps them focus on problems, be more objective about possible solutions, and actually take pleasure in seeing progress. Uh, it requires regularly taking uh, t- or, or talking, I'm sorry, regularly talking to your digital device and inputting thoughts. There are no rules. So you don't have to write it down. You can just. Sure. Well, which this would be was an me- awful day. Which would be easier. I, I, writing it dictating, down? Dictating. No, dictating, dictating rather than yeah. writing. Yeah. Writing gets a. Gets I mean, a it's nice. I don't know if you have a journal. It's kind of nice to have like things that in your name or in your handwriting, right. you know, for people, you know, kids and stuff like that. Recognize right. your handwriting. Yeah. Well, it's kind of uh, neat. But. Jerry said his students share their journals with him. Mm-hmm. So they do it uh, on electronically somehow and then share them with him. Cool. Which is 
pretty bold. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, uh, I do it privately over 14 weeks, and I can attest to the fact that they are open, honest, and authentic in describing their lives' challenges. At the conclusion of the semester, many said they plan to continue journaling, uh, and, uh, something therapeutic that feels rewarding. The world is complicated. We're bombarded with challenges. Sometimes it feels like we lose our grip on them. If you've never considered uh, journaling, uh, it provides valuable insight into how you view your daily challenges and how you're making more progress than you might think. Hmm. And I think that's a really good point is that we have such bad memories of how things are like. And like the Bible says, troubles aren't forever. They're just, you know, just now. Fleeting. Yeah, fleeting. Exactly. (laughs) So uh, I think one of the best kind of journaling deals you can do is get one of those journaling Bibles. And maybe do your journaling after your uh, Bible reading passage. And sure. You can talk about your things going on in your life. And I would imagine that more times than not, what you just read will apply. <laughs> right. It's amazing. Well, and it, I mean, a lot of people journal and then look back at yeah. what they've journaled. So even if it doesn't apply to that perfect time in your life or that time exactly, yeah, it could be later. That's right. It could be a month later. It could be years later. You look back and go, oh, man, mm-hmm. I really needed to hear my former self say that to me right well, now. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I guess I have faced this before. And right. I, God was faithful then. He'll mm-hmm. be faithful now. Right. Okay, so Jerry kind of kick-starting the journaling idea. So thank you for that, Jerry. Maybe that's something uh, the teachers in your classroom you might want to consider as well. Okay, coming up in just a moment here, we're going to talk about what's going on with Camp Jim and a men's meet Retreat, meet, M-E-A-T, meet. Nice. Yeah. They built a, They built a new grill specifically for this men's retreat. Well, I guess if you want guys to come to a men's retreat, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Steak. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, this, awesome. this is Kwame and Company uh, podcast number 18, 91.5 and 102.7, the word Nick Hulse is with us again from Camp Jim and Pillager. And I've heard this before, but I want you to explain it. What does Jim stand for in Camp Jim? Yeah, Jim stands for Jesus is mine. Okay. So it's just they uh, they took and they shortened up the uh, the words and made it Camp Jim. So I, I bet there's a lot of people that assume, uh, hey, well, where's Jim? You know, how long he's, uh, this camp's been here for 90 years. Jim must be getting old. Oh, yeah, Jim's getting real old. No, no, it's uh, <laughs> that's not a person no, that, at all. It's not, it's not a person, although it is always fun when somebody named Jim comes to camp oh, because yeah, yeah. they like to point out, that well, maybe the camp was named after me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got a great facility, a, a great uh, uh, setting and uh, resources, too, at Camp Jim. Yeah. Yeah, we we love it. God is uh, God has really blessed that camp with uh, you know the the beautiful lake. We're right on Hardy Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, great fishing and swimming lake right there. But we've got uh, um, you know it's not just a big wide open camp. We got a lot of woods. We got a yeah. lot of trees in there. Just a beautiful setting. Well, uh, I I wanted to talk about the men's meet and greet that you you uh, told us about, and meet is spelled M E A T. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. You, you just got a lot of guys' attention there. When is that, and what's that all about? Yeah. So that one's going to be September fifteenth through the seventeenth. So it's going to be a Friday through a Sunday, uh, and we decided to go with the idea of meet and greet because uh, you know one thing that most guys love is uh, you know a good steak. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know good, it. good chunk of meat. 
Yeah. And uh, how often do you sit, you know, you have guys over and you're, you're grilling, you know, burgers or something out on the porch. Right. And you get a group of guys stands around the grill and that's where a lot of your conversation, a lot of your, a lot of your bonding comes in. Yeah. So we had this idea, why don't we take and build a large grill? And I'm, I'm not talking like two foot by two foot. I'm talking like eight to 12 feet long, four feet wide. Wow. And we're going to have a wood fire grill going where you can actually pick a steak and for supper on Saturday, we're going to give you the chance. You're going to grill your own steak out there. Uh, We're going to have Texas toast available for you. We're going to have baked potatoes, a full salad bar. Um, But you can sit around the grill making your steak, but just spending time in fellowship with all the other guys there. That's cool. Boy, that's great. And that's coming up quickly here, September 15th through 17th, you said. Yeah. Men's meet and greet. All right. So we got the the main subject matter here, meet. Uh, But uh, uh, the greet part is the fellowship that happens around the group. Yeah. All right. Uh, any other activities for that? Yeah. Weekend? Yeah. So we've, we've got a couple other things that we're looking at doing. So we're, uh, we're looking at uh, busting the forges back out and doing some knife forging for Ooh. an activity. So some manly crafts. Wow. And uh, for the guys that say, you know what? I just, I can't, uh, I can't stand for that long or the arm's just not strong enough to swing a hammer anymore. Yeah. The, uh, the other craft that I'm looking at doing, and this is something I've wanted to build for years uh, but uh, in my younger days, I probably wouldn't have been good. I'd have put way too many holes in windows at my parents' house. Is uh, <laughs> we're going to be building some uh, some David slings. David so, slings. So you yeah. mean the actual like uh, King David used as a yeah. shepherd boy? Yep. So it's uh, some kind of a pocket and then a leather or. Uh, yep. We'll be using paracord for our strap, but then leather oh, for oh. our pouches. Okay. But uh, making some making some uh, shepherd slings there. Shepherd slings. Yep. So I thought you know that's something because. You know, when I hear, when I hear making crafts, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm kind of glaze over. Yeah. I do a little <laughs> bit. My, my wife loves doing crafts. She yeah. loves, my wife loves scrapbooking and she's so good at it. Yeah. But for me, that, that's, that's never drawn my attention. Yeah. But the idea of, Hey, I can make something that I can then, you know, go out and have some fun with. Right. That's a, that's something that I can get behind. Well, that's a guy's crafts in general, either make a lot of noise or break things <laughs> or, you know, uh, uh, yeah shoot stuff out of the Absolutely. sky who knows right well that uh, and now do you have a speaker for the men's meet i and do greet? so our speaker for the uh for this event is jordan erickson okay and jordan is one of the family ministry pastors over at lakewood church there in baxter all right and uh, he's going to be teaching on breaking the mold okay and uh the cool thing with that is you look at what the world is calling men to be yeah and then you look at what the bible is saying and what we're trying to do is we're trying to break out of that worldly mold yeah. that uh, that the world is telling us, guys, this is how you should be. And it is nothing like what the Bible is telling us to be as men. Yeah. So this is going to be a weekend to get encouragement, again, from Jordan, from the other men there. How do we break out of this worldly mold yeah. and try and model ourselves after Christ? Don't be conformed to this world. Yeah. Correct. Uh, yep. Transformed. Well, that's great. Uh, fantastic. And again, uh, you guys aren't a specific denomination. You nope. can have guys uh, from any background and, and join together and have fellowship together at the men's meet and greet. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's one of the nice things about being a non-denominational camp. Yeah, is uh, we get a lot of guys from different uh, different backgrounds, and you know we we get a lot of uh, uh, Baptist, non-denominational, EV free assembly, um, you know, Catholic. Yeah. We, we get a lot of different guys that all come together. And the beauty of it is 
it doesn't matter what background you come from, the gospel doesn't change. Mm-hmm. The gospel is the same regardless yeah. of yep. the church that you go to. Yeah, you major on the majors there. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, uh, uh, Nick, uh, tell us again how, if, if a guy is thinking, oh, this all sounds pretty good, uh, where do you see if you can fit into that? Do you go online and register for this as well? Absolutely. So you go right online, go to campgym.org, okay. and uh, you'll be able to find our uh, our men's ministry stuff there. You're going to go ahead and click that you can register, and it'll give you all the information that you need. Uh, you'll get uh, You'll get emails then. It'll tell you what you need to bring, what to expect things like that uh, mm-hmm. so that you can you can come on out but again you just go to campgym.org in September 15 16 and 17 Friday through Sunday right yes sir all right Nick you bring good stuff to us every time <laughs> uh, you, you don't be a stranger well I, I love that you guys will have me up here I love being here you guys are always been fantastic Bottom of the column news, our panel of experts, and the Swirl Master 2000, all part of Kwame and Company on 91.5 and 102.7 The Word. Phil and Amy with you, and uh, you know, with uh, the the morning program, Kwame and Company, and the podcast now, I've had to change how we keep track of what gets aired on what, and so I've, I've got... Uh, uh, a circle for things that we haven't talked about yet on my piles of I I have very little actually on the computer I print everything out it's easier you print the internet yes <laughs> like the one commercial yeah oh is that have a commercial you seen, have you no. seen the commercial how how to not be your parents or whatever it's oh, the one oh, guy yeah. and he yeah. like the elevator and he they're standing the wrong way yeah. or what to put in your freezer freezer mm-hmm. yeah that guy. and then the one thing that they say is you don't need to print the internet. No. Well, I do. Yes. <laughs> Some people I just, do. I just, Some pe- you know what? Well, but there is a tactile thing, too. Yeah. I think saying that you don't need to print the internet is silly because, yeah, you don't need, um, like, copies of... The current temperature? Well, no. <laughs> oh. I'm thinking copies of, you know, like, bank things that you had to oh, sign or things right. like that, and then they email it to you. You can yeah. just save it in a file. That's They've good enough. It. Yeah. That's right. good enough. Right. Um, you don't need to print that. Yeah. But other things, I like having the piece of paper in front of me. Yeah. Even when I do scrapbooking, they have these um, templates on that they come out with. Digital on, scrapbooking? No, I don't do digital. Oh, I like oh, hands-on oh. scrapbooking. Okay. So when I'm doing it, though, they have these weekends that they do, and I think they come out with six different templates. during the. So every two hours, they come out with this new template. Okay. And so it'll show you, use this paper. And then put a smaller one here, and here's where you put your, like, it's just kind of a, yeah. And so you can, it's just a base. And it's in just gradient shades of gray. Okay. Okay. Well, it's on the screen. I could just look at the screen. Yeah. But it's, I like having it in front of me. So I do print out those. Okay. Because I like having them in front of me. I don't like looking at a screen the whole time. So, yeah, I'm tactile. So Generation X still printing as well, along with the boomers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's Certain it, things. when you, I, I can just look at my desk here and see, oh, that pile looks about the right depth. Well, let's go to that pile, you know, instead of, uh, see, all this is getting to bottom of the column news. And I've got my printed out bottom of the column news. And then I put little P's by them for podcasts. So we haven't used them on the air yet. This is just, this is fresh for the podcast. And uh, the first one is uh, criminal. You know, 
we often talk about criminals on our bottom of the column newscast, and uh, this one is the uh, the leader of all porch pirates, Robin Swanger of Arnco, Georgia, charged with felony theft. You know what he stole? A porch pirate. You know what he stole? I don't know. The porch. <laughs> Literal porch fire. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's Fox, interesting. How big was his porch? Eight by ten. Oh, that's pretty good size. Fox News reported <laughs> the eight by ten wooden porch. Now this this does mitigate it a bit. Was left on the property when the house was moved away. So there's this lot with a porch on it. Hmm. I don't know this if this was a mobile home or they actually lifted up the house and left it. Uh, Usually you know. it's a mobile home but investigator said swanger that's the guy again robin swanger ignored no trespassing signs and removed the very well constructed structure chris stapler was a county investigator he said uh, some people may shrug their shoulders and say it's not a big deal but when you take somebody's property without their consent and the value of this porch was three thousand bucks you can't just go and take stuff off somebody's property well said nice way to go so there, yeah. the full letter of the law for porch theft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just go stealing whatever you want just because somebody's not using it at the time. Right. It's still not yours. No. Keep your hands off. It's a porch. Okay. <laughs> now, if it was a Porsche, yeah. it'd be even more of a... Yeah. If there was a Porsche sitting there. There's an old joke I don't know. about L- that. But I don't know. Lumbers today, that's about the same. Might be worth more about, than a Porsche. Uh-huh. Yeah. Two by fours. Oh, now we're talking real money, right? <laughs> well, uh, here's a here's a deal. A bad dog story. Bad dog. Uh oh. Magda Masri. Now that's just the first of a bunch of hard names. Magda Masri and Donato Fatteroli. Fatteroli. Fatterolis, like the hardware store in Minneapolis. That's mm. that's. I don't know. Or I don't You're know. looking at me like I'm going to help oh, with this. I, I, got, I got it in front of me on my printout <laughs> copy of the internet. Magda Masri and Donato Frateroli of Boston are set to tie the knot in Lake Garda, Italy. No. So there we go. That's going to be quite a deal. Yeah. But I they got say. a problem. Uh-oh. They've got 100 guests um, ready to go. But the couple was dining out to celebrate getting their wedding license. Boy, they celebrate a lot of different things, don't they? It says they got the wedding license, and they said, well, let's have a let's celebration. Let's have a party for that. So That's ridiculous. They, they're, they're celebrating that, and their golden retriever, Chewy, grabbed Donato's passport and <gasps> ate it. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Donato said, I can't be mad at Chewy. Or, no, it's not Chewy. It's Chicky, I guess. Chicky, Chewy. I think they should call him Chewy now. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> because I'm the idiot who left the passport out where she could get it. Well, I, I you know. You should be able to use pa- leave papers out, though. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, that, yeah. So, I mean, nothing is safe? <laughs> no, apparently I mean, not in their house. <laughs> Donato said, uh, let's see, he can't sleep. Now, the fiancé jumped into action contacting local officials and the passport agency. She said it's been a complete whirlwind. While they're hopeful that a new passport can be issued in time, uh, uh, Frateroli is preparing for the worst. He says, tell everyone that's uh, uh, going, 
tell everyone that's going to have a great time enjoying the beautiful event that Meg has spent the last 18 months planning. I'll see them when they get back. You're right. She'll get married <laughs> over Zoom. Yeah, yeah. So he'll, he'll Sorry, be at home. I'm going to Italy. In his apartment in Boston. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else in Italy. Right. I think the dog will probably stay home with Donato. Probably. Chewy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is a bad situation. You know, a lot of money invested in this yeah, already. Well, hundred people going to And if to they Italy. got a license, I mean, you do that kind of ahead of time. So maybe it was enough time. You mean a passport? Uh, or no, I mean, they to... got their light. If they, they were celebrating their license. Yeah. Getting their marriage license. Well, the wedding is going to be August 31st. Oh, so. Okay. <laughs> I wonder when the, when did the dog eat the thing? When uh, was the story from? August 17th. Ooh, that's tight. Yeah, <laughs> you know how passports work. Yeah. That's tight. But it's a replacement. So it's not like he has to go through all of the stuff again or anything like that. It's just a replacement passport. I kind of wondered, well, depending so on how much the dog chewed it, you know, if they couldn't get enough of it. Yeah, if it ate it, though. Yeah, I don't know. It okay. was gone. Going on with the <laughs> idea of dogs, okay? okay? And this is a different culture. You know, dog ownership in Iran is frowned upon because that culture... Dogs are considered unclean. Mm. That's why I think it's so awful that they used to, the army used to leave their canine troops. Yeah, behind. Behind in that culture when you know they're just going to turn into sandwiches or something. I don't know what they do with the dogs. (laughs) But, well, that's, oh, my God. There's a roadside restaurant there. (gasps) Okay. Uh, Authorities uh, took this whole thing in Iran to another level after there was a couple there that transferred the title to their apartment to their little white dog, Chester. They they didn't have any heirs, and Chester signed with an ink-covered paw. That's hilarious. Well, Yahoo News reported that on uh, August 19th, Iranian police arrested (gasps) the head of the real estate agency and closed it down. Are you kidding? No. Uh, Deputy Prosecutor Prosecutor General Riza Tabar said the sale seeks to normalize the violation of the society's moral values and has no legal basis. Funny they didn't go Ooh. after the couple, but they uh, went back after the well. They had more money probably. Well, and they're the realty people. And uh, yeah, this is heirs, so maybe they died. Well, I don't know. And anyway, it, it didn't sit well. Yeah, it didn't go. That didn't go the way that they planned, huh? No. Okay, you want to do one more here? We have sure. time. Yeah. Oh, it's a podcast. I mean, we, we have, have all a, the time in the yeah, world. Yeah, I was gonna say it doesn't matter. As long as the internet has room, we'll keep <laughs> stuffing it full of this stuff. <laughs> you can print it out and have it forever. <laughs> uh, along with the other natural oddities going on this summer, people are reporting this: exploding watermelons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, this is uh, Keith Schneider, professor of food sciences, was talking about this. Um, one person commented on Facebook, my melon was on the counter. It must have already been bad when I got it. And the next day I came down to an awful smell and rotten melon everywhere. Oh. It exploded in the kitchen. Keith Schneider, professor of food science and human nutrition at the University of Florida, said the explosions are probably due to heat. I can see with the kind of hot weather we've had, the fruit, if slightly damaged, can begin fermenting inside. Sure. 
And if enough fermentation occurs, which produces gas, there's enough internal pressure, that could cause a watermelon to crack, which wouldn't be bad, cracking, but it could also pop. <laughs> I have I have cut open a watermelon once. At, I mean, and it was, it felt bad like this. Bad inside? An, well, it wasn't bad, but it, like, when you did it, it was like, Oh, the real like, pressure? Yeah. Release valve? That rind makes that pop noise oh. when it well, splits the apart. Food science guy says don't eat it. The watermelon undergoing decay, so it's best to bring it back to the store and get a replacement or just toss it. And he says, now well, I knew this. Put the <laughs> bring melon- back the watermelon that's exploded, exploded all water- over your Look kitchen. <laughs> Put the melon in the refrigerator before and after cutting it. Mm-hmm. It not only tastes a whole lot better, but uh, it does decay if it's just sitting out there. Right. I bought a watermelon yesterday. Mm-hmm. Plan on cutting it tonight and sticking it in a bowl, sticking it in the fridge. Don't put muskmelon in there with it. Cantaloupe. I, I won't. It's oh, just mu- it's it's just watermelon. Okay. It's right. the it's the best fruit for diabetics. So watermelon is. Mm-hmm. It has least amount of sugars. It's mostly really? water. But you'd think it, the sweetness was sugar in there, so. There is some sugars, but it's less than other fruits. Less than other stuff? Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll go with that. So that's what we're bringing for camping for the two diabetics. Excellent. Okay. (laughs) Well, now you're all set. Uh, This is Kwame Company on The Word, uh, bottom of the column news there. 91.5 and 102.7 The Word. This is Kwame and Company, and we uh, we have uh, Harold Andresen. Is that close, Harold? It's uh, pretty close. Oh, say it for me. Andresen. Andresen. Yes. Okay. And, And Roger... Gillamon. Oh, that was spot on. That was, really? <laughs> so where are you gentlemen from? Norway, and I think you, you might be too, or have been there at least. The, the Kwame family is from Norway. Now, I've been told that a lot of times it's hard to trace genealogy back because people would take the name of the farm they worked at, and that kind of messes things up, doesn't it? Yeah, that's true. That's true. But my name does not have, you know, my last name has nothing to do, or my surname has nothing to do with like farm or anything. It's just random. Maybe way back, maybe way back. Way back. Okay. All right. Well, we're talking about The Legacy of Adam, which is a series of 3D animated movies that you are are producing. This is meant to tell the story of creation in other cultures. Is that correct? That's right. It started out in uh, Tanzania, and Roger here, he, he was, he's the producer and the person behind the show. And maybe you could tell them how, this, how, how you came up with this idea. All right. Okay, so basically the thing was that uh, in Tanzania, I had a bunch of kids coming over each Friday uh, for club, you know, sp- playing sports. And then I realized that my kids and these kids, they're like basically the same. Kids are kids all around the world, right? So I discovered, or I, I was thinking... Hmm, uh, these kids, they're watching Rambo, uh, Die Hard, these things. So I was thinking maybe I can create some content because I'm a visual effects supervisor. That's my, my work. So I, I told the mission, uh, please give me some funds. I, I want to tell the, the gospel. And then I realized that, oh, half of the population, they are Muslims. Maybe I can do something about that, you know, just to reach both cultures. So that's the, that's the idea. The legacy of Adam, we're reaching both Christians and Muslims in that part of the world where they're not fighting. So a conversation, you know, that's conversation opener. So when you're reaching into the Muslim culture like that, do they have the, a portion of the story of creation that we see in the Bible? Is, is there something you can hang your hat on when you're telling the biblical story of creation? 
Uh, there are pl plenty of things that I can hang on to, uh, but there are so many challenges. I have chosen Adam, I've chosen Abraham, I've chosen David and, and Jesus, because these are characters that are important in Islam as well. But they have a very different um, story than we have. It, it's, like, it's like they have a leaflet and we have a book. So uh, my very good friend in, in Kenya, actually, he was an imam. When I showed him the preview of this film, his eyes got black because you're not supposed to show God. Okay, so he got angry. But then, now that he's seen the first two episodes, he, he just sent me a message a few weeks back and saying, Roger, I know you're doing the work of Allah and God. So maybe getting somewhere. Yeah, what a project and, and what a challenge. And we see uh, there's movement all over in, in Muslim peoples, their hearts coming to the Lord through extraordinary means. And yet I haven't heard a lot about uh, reaching to Muslim children. That's right. And uh, Norea Media Mission, who is the organization that are behind Legacy of Adam, we are funding it and raising the funds to produce it. Uh, we have a goal to reach unreached people groups in the world, and uh, especially Muslims, since a lot of them are in countries that are closed or very difficult to do regular mission. And you know, of all the money raised in Christian churches around the world and organizations, 99% is spent in America, Europe, and in countries where there are lots of Christians. 1% yeah. is used to reach populations or people groups that are not reached, that there's less than 2% Christians. And we want to change that. Yeah. So this episode, this series here, targeting the children and families, I mean, if you want to change the culture, what do you do? I mean, do you? yes, you have to reach the adults, but reaching the children, raising them up, teaching them how to forgive, teaching them the principles of Christ. That's a great way of giving them hope and, of course, salvation, but also changing the society yeah. and opening it up for, for better impulses and, uh, and a better life. Yeah. We're going to take a break in just a moment, but we're talking with Harold and Roger about The Legacy of Adam, a, a new series of 3D animated films designed to impact unreached people groups around the world, especially kids. How can people find out more? Well, if they are able to remember the legacy of Adam, you can search for that on YouTube and you, you, will, you will find it. And, and how are you raising funds to not just produce, but to distribute these media? We are currently raising most of the funds in Norway through direct mail and, and various campaigns. And so far we have been keeping, you know, we have, we have been following their expenses. So we, we have to spend this much money and we have actually raised the same amount. Okay. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to go faster now since we are speeding up the production. So that's why we are here in America trying to look for partners that can help us monetize this in America. Because the principle is we want Europe and America to pay a little bit to use the series in churches, Sunday schools, you know, whatever they want to use it. And that money will go towards unreached people groups. That's okay. the principle. Okay. And, and would they go to the same website and find out, uh, say, a Sunday school want to use these uh, materials in their curriculum? Is that where they would find it? Yeah, they can find them on YouTube. And uh, we are putting out the three first episodes now in English, but we are considering not doing the rest on YouTube, but having to go through an app or some kind oh, of medium, sure. but that's what we're trying to find out here at okay. NRB. Oh, very good. <laughs> and if someone is just, uh, their heart is touched by this goal, can they just support you outright? Of course. They can oh, go good. to norea.no. That's our website, norea.no. 
and there's a way to give money there via, via credit card or supporting it like that. Kwame and Company, focusing on closet vision, comfort food, pirates on the prairie, and Pat's gut. It lifts me up when I'm having a bad day. It energizes me and just helps me get through the day. Thanks. Well, this is Kwame Company podcast, and I'm Phil. Amy's uh, playing with the headphone cord. Yep, uh, got to be doing something with my hands. Well, yeah, I'm playing with my pen here <laughs> and uh, looking at my printout from the Internet. Lori Wildenberg is the author of our uh, book of the month, and the book is about hope for parents with kids that are going through some tough stuff. Right. Messy hope, she calls it, because life is messy. Great lady to talk to yeah well i also happen to have uh seven ways to tackle back to school anxiety from Lori. Ooh. so let's oh, yeah this was her, her latest like blog that she did right yeah she's got stuff online and uh she writes for focus on the family and i think this was kind of tied to that too um but let's do three or four now and then uh next uh, podcast we'll do some more okay uh fears and firsts tend to go together okay so if it's the first time a kid is doing whatever it is, going back to school in the first lunchroom, the first. Mm-hmm. Always scary. Riding the bus or separation. At the time I had to make my kids do things that they had never done before because they were scared. Oh, you so you had them, you went through an exercise? Well, or? like if they did, if they were afraid to do it and like you ask them, hey, do you want to go do this? And it's a fun thing. Right. And they would still be worried about doing it. Right. I'd be like, okay, well, you're going to go this time. If you don't yeah. like it, you don't have to do right. it Right, okay, yeah, that's but it. I just force them to do it because sometimes you just need somebody to shove you. Right, right. <laughs> well, like Lori says, uh, things like uh, first things uh, for older kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the younger kids, everything is a first. Right, I mean, yeah. brand new, uh, right. everything. But uh, for older kids, how will I fit into my new class? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be safe where I'm going? Uh, how hard will it be? How much homework will I have to eat alone? You know, stuff mm-hmm. they worry about. So seven ways to fight back. And uh, we've, we, we won't do all seven now because that'd be too overkill. Okay. We'd have nothing for tomorrow. Then. And too much information. Well, That's right. Not enough for, not tomorrow, but Friday's podcast. The next podcast, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Number one is listen to your child's concern. Don't try and talk him out of his worries. He'll only work harder to convince you that he's scared. Right. <laughs> Make sure you listen. Mm-hmm. That's easy enough. But it's yeah. uh, on the other hand, busy world we live in, sometimes we don't take the time to listen. Hmm? Okay, uh, seven ways to fight back-to-school anxiety. Normalize your child's fears. You know what she means by normalizing your child's fears? Nope. Describe your feelings as a child about going back to school. Mm. Uh, I don't think that would help. Oh, well... I was excited. Okay. It didn't matter when it was or I, back then, you know, I have more anxiety now than I did back then. Yeah. Well, you can talk about that then. When I do a new thing, it's, it's hard sometimes. Right. Lori says, I would tell my children that when I was a teacher, I felt first day anxiety too. Mm. So if you're, if you're feeling scared, most of the people in the room are probably feeling scared. Right. Show it in different ways. Um, fight back to school anxiety, problem solve to empower your child rather than say, it'll be okay. 
uh, help them figure out a solution to the potential problems. If blank happens, right, you lose your lunch. Um, what can you do in response to that, or how could you prevent that situation? It'll help them feel prepared, ready. If to If you're face worried about things. sitting alone, probably somebody else is too. Find yeah. that person that's alone and go sit with them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the last one for now, and then we'll do some more later. Set the tone. Avoid getting caught up in your child's emotional state. And that's easy to do. Oh, yeah. And I've seen it with a lot of parents, too. Yeah. Oh, you I watch know. them, and they're crying, and, and then the parent starts crying. Oh, yeah. that's helpful. Fancy. Right, right. <laughs> Let his feelings be his. Right. Demonstrate a calm demeanor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this is good. I, I enjoy this. Lori Wildenberg, Seven Ways to Tackle Back-to-School Anxiety. And if you're counting... We didn't get anywhere close to seven, so we'll keep that for next Well, maybe night. I can use some of these. I have uh, yeah. my 30th high school reunion coming up. Oh, really? I didn't go to the 10th or the 20th. Yeah. So I am a little little nervous. I had my 50th this summer. Did you? Didn't Did go. you go? No. Oh. Didn't go to any didn't, of them. Huh? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Oh. I guess I had it no scared? desire to go back. Yeah, I was scared. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> This is Kwame Company podcast number 18. I'm a little anxious about 19. <laughs> Somebody will come in here and pull the plug on this. Uh, all right. Uh, well, uh, we're going to continue the interview we started a few minutes ago uh, on the podcast. <laughs> I'm Phil Kwame with news for the heart of Minnesota. On the corner of Wabashaw and 10th Street, a large S accompanied by two sideways triangle leers at downtown traffic in St. Paul. Underneath bold letters spell out Church of Scientology. When it housed the Science Museum of Minnesota, this 82,000-square-foot building served a public purpose. Today, as the biggest Scientology building in the Midwest, it's largely empty. It wasn't supposed to be that way. In 2011, four years after they purchased the building, Scientologists held a grand opening. Former St. Paul Councilman Dave Thune bragged about reading his dog-eared copy of Hubbard's The Way to Happiness pamphlet. And State Representative Sandy Pappas, a DFLer from St. Paul, told a cheering crowd that she planned to use church materials on human rights in her classroom at Metro State University. But in the years since, Scientology's public image is more toxic than ever. I'm Phil Kwame with News for the Heart of Minnesota. Okay, next time on Kwame and Company Podcast 19, who knew we'd get to 19? Who knew? Who knew? We've got uh, more from Camp Jim on a women's retreat they got going on. Oh, fun. Yeah. But it's not going to be as good as the men's As meaty? It's not as meaty. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be more relational. Oh, okay. Okay. I suppose that's more women-focused. Yeah, it makes more sense. Mm -hmm. Strange Laws. Uh, more back to school uh, information and uh, yeah, all that coming up next time. So, and of course, we got the regular program tomorrow morning at six. Six to nine on ninety one point five or one or two point seven, or download the Word app. There you go. Have a good day. See ya. <laughs>